Hi, welcome to Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like the things you like. I am Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. And on this podcast, Kelsey and I, or sometimes a guest, will bring a thing to the table to discuss. The metaphorical table, although we are at a table right now. We are now, at a table, Just currently. to set the scene for you. Yeah. Set the stage of this radio play we're about to do. <laughs> we're at a table. Uh, we share it with the other person. Yes. And we come back together and we discuss it. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to get that out there because we haven't actually said that in... It's been know, a while. A few months. It's been a while. But that is the concept of the show. Yeah. We're and here. That, episode 67, I think. Sure. Sure. Something like that. You can add it back in whatever the real number is. The number. I think yeah. it is 67. <laughs> Since that is the concept of our fine show here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this week, it was your turn. It was my turn. What did you bring to me? Today, I wanted to introduce you to the writing of Mary Roach. Um, as, as a whole writing, cause I like her a lot, but I only made you read one book cause one book is enough. <laughs> why would we, why would I make you read two we, books? We also, we also, even one book for me was a bit hard cause I don't read that fast. Yeah. And we had a different plan for what we were going to do this episode. And then yeah. I, and we I had started to. the thing that we were going to do and I could not do it. <laughs> um, suffice to say the end of our unofficial war trilogy may be a ways off. <laughs> Maybe a ways off. Might be a ways off. Might be. Until Jason can tell white people apart. Might be. Uh, <laughs> It's okay. It took me. It took me like four watches. They put their helmets on and their uniforms. <laughs> they all look the exact same. It's true. The thing is, they are all the same. Yeah, we'll get there. But anyway, we'll anyway. get there. Uh, you just, you just keep. Just don't worry about It'll that. It'll be like a bonus episode. Don't worry about that. That's we'll not do good. a bonus where we do a commentary. And we just watch one episode. Yes. <laughs> uh, so instead, I read Gulp by Mary Roach. Yes. Now, do you want to? Broadly outline Mary Roach's uh, M.O. I will, yes. Uh, Mary Roach is a science writer and a humorist, I would say. Humorist? Yeah. Uh, she writes nonfiction books about sort of roughly, vaguely scientific topics. Her best known work is Stiff, The Curious Life of Human Cadavers, which uh, is about exactly what it <laughs> says. And it, it did really well, and I think it was her first book. She also has a, a, a science column, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, so she, she writes funny science books, which I have enjoyed a good number of. I chose for you to read Gulp because it's my favorite of her books that I've read. And it's not the one that everyone would tell you to read. <laughs> um, because I think everyone would tell you to read Stiff because it probably is the best. Right. And Stiff has sat on my Amazon wish list for many a year now. Yeah. I've been eyeing Mary Roach's work for for quite a while. Yeah. So uh, you also when you when you pitched to me this 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 topic. Yeah. You said that Gulp was your suggestion because it was the grossest of her many books. Also that. <laughs> and I was like, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's my favorite, and it is kind of gross. <laughs> it's gross. She she. she um, yeah. But yeah, and and because it's um, it's not, it's a little bit off the beaten path, and I think, you know, it's not one that everyone's read, so. Uh, That's why I selected that particular book. And it was released in 2013. Yes. Yeah. Um, Gulp is about the elementary canal, uh, which is um, basically how food goes through your body. So everywhere from when you eat it to when it... So yeah, it's about the elementary canal. Um, And the sort of format of her books is she has a very casual approach to things. She, you know, does a lot of interviews with a lot of scientists, um, but really tries to make the subject matter approachable and funny, sort of divides it into uh, sort of subtopics, but that don't totally feel completely separate, separate stories from the other. Um, and I, th- I always feel like she, the people she interviews always have a very like 
they have a vitality to them. They don't just sound like this scientist said this. Like she, like you feel like you can see them. Yeah. Yeah. Part of that is I think her just being a very talented writer who's very good at like communicating a person's uh, characters to you. Mm-hmm. Characteristics rather. Yeah. And then also a part of it is, and she comments on this a few points in this book, that these are people who you get the sense do not get a lot of interview requests. Yeah. <laughs> particularly in this book, which is like about stuff that people are, you know, not keen on talking about publicly in a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. Just a heads up. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of talk about feces in this episode. <laughs> Wait, do you want to have not me not laughing over it? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Maybe not. <laughs> okay. okay. I think or- we'll just keep it. Um, so really my my goals in my goals in uh, picking this book and having you read it were to sort of get your opinion and, and um, thoughts on, on Mary Roach as a writer and um, the book in general because I really like the book. Um, and also in this sort of style of, of book, because I read a lot of this kind of thing, this sort of like historical or scientific nonfiction that has a sort of humorous bent. That's like kind of the, the kind of books I like. Um, we've talked about Sarah Vowell before, which mm-hmm. is kind of, I think, a similar bent, but with history. So just to see where you how you feel about that sort of thing. I'll say hands down, Mary Roach is funnier than Sarah Vowell. OK, I fair. don't mean to I don't mean to pit uh, two women writers together, but at that, I think this is a good point of comparison. But yeah. I think, to, to be clear, Sarah, uh, Sarah Val is, is very talented, very yeah. great, a great writer, but also very funny. I think Mary Roach has more jokes. She's got jokes. She's got jokes. She's got, she has maybe uh, among the best uh, footnotes of yeah. any writer I've ever yeah. read. Yeah, I also think Sarah Val comes from radio, so her stuff is funnier when you're, because I listen yes, to yeah. books, so I, it's funnier when you're listening to her it's read true. it. A lot of her work is also, her early work especially, is adapted from radio pieces. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a different style. Yeah. It's kind of like when you hear a comedian, like when you read a comedian's book. Yeah. You sometimes have to listen to it in there. You have to, you have to you, imagine you give their, them their voice, voice yeah. to actually get the humor of it. Yeah. Which is fine. That's just part yeah. of the, honestly, some writers are the same way. Like, yeah. um, oh, no, I'm blanking on the, the, the NPR guy who does the funny stories. Don't cut all of he, he made, he made, he wrote that book about what to do when you were engulfed in flames. David Sedaris? David Sedaris, yes. Yeah. David Sedaris is, I did not think he was funny until yeah. I heard him actually read one of his stories. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's, he's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, I was I will say in terms of my history with these sort of books, mm-hmm. I don't read a lot of books about science in particular. Uh, it's just not really where my interests usually take me in terms of books. Mm-hmm. History I'm more interested in, and this book is sort of a mix of science and history. It's sort yeah. of a, in some ways, in a lot of ways, like for most of much of the chapters, a survey of historical uh, the history of medicine yeah. and the treatment of you know elementary issues. Yeah, which is you know you you don't have to look any further than like the the Sawbones podcast to see that there is like a, a deep, deep trove of like amusing and equal parts amusing and horrifying tales of, yeah. uh, you know, medical <laughs> misadventure. Yeah. I think that's part of the reason I really like this stuff. Cause I, ha- I like, I come from a family of physicians. Right. Um, and I've never like thought medicine was gross really. Like I've never thought like, I never thought that I couldn't do like the like doctoring part of doctoring, um like the surgical part of doctoring i just didn't want to deal with like having to deal with the people part of doctoring um i never wanted to be a doctor the hours are terrible my parents told me not to do it whatever (laughs) but in uh i thought about doing my undergraduate thesis on medical illustration and um like so i've always been really interested in the history of the like the intersection of art and medicine and then the history of medicine i think it's a really interesting topic and there's actually a lot of like art that explores the history of medicine and, and, and art that documents uh, medical procedures in history. And I think that's a really interesting thing. 
so books like this really like interest me because it, it, it's it's like the the culmination of a lot of things that I like where it's like you know it's humor but it's science and it's medicine and it's funny and so I think that's another pr- reason why, why books like this uh interest me books me. and stories in general about like medical like ideas like this from like the 1800s that are all seem like so completely insane and ridiculous now are great because you get two sort of like waves of enjoyment yeah or maybe enjoyment's the wrong word but you get that first <laughs> rush of like oh man this thing is so nuts or like gross or horrifying or like hilarious how how bizarre that they thought this was a you know appropriate way to treat ailments yeah. in this time period and then if you're like if you're you know if you're sort of if you're smart <laughs> uh you had that second moment of wait if i'm looking back on this now and i think it looks so ridiculous and it seems so clearly obvious to them then what are the things that i think are like so clearly true and like that i take for granted now but someday like 15 years from now even people look back and go boy they had that wrong what were they thinking <laughs> what were they thinking so it's nice to sort of it's always a good healthy good healthy thing i think to place yourself in that in a historical context the best you can to remember that we are not living um in a unique moment that we are you know everyone has existed in a in the present in the up to this point yeah and we're not well i hesitate to say we're not actually living in the end of history because we sort of might be at this <laughs> we point. might for, be for real this time <laughs> for though. real this time for real, for real this time <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think I think one of my favorite sources of stories like that is the Dollop podcast, which yeah. I've talked about probably on this show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds, two just two comedians, one of whom is a, is you know is an amateur history buff. Uh, they they tackle a lot of stuff like I mean I think I'm 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 willing to bet Dave Anthony is a fan of Mary Roach because I mean just because they overlap in so many ways in terms like in terms of like what they seem to find interesting. But I was reading through one of these chapters. I believe it was the chapter about uh, the. Um, the fad diet of chewing your food like a 200 times Fletcherism. per bite. Fletcherism. Fletcherism. <laughs> I was like, this sounds really familiar. Yeah. And then I hit a quote that literally had been read on an episode of The Dollop from like two weeks ago <laughs> in this book. Yeah. So this book is right up my alley. Uh, I liked it a lot. I'm glad. I think I've already sort of made this clear, but Mary Roach is a great writer. She's really, she's she is, really great writer. Again, my, my closest comparison, honestly, is I keep thinking she is so funny and she's funny in the way that John Ronson wants you to think that he's funny. It doesn't really. It's not a good comparison because John Ronson is a is a journalist first, who like goes on wacky misadventures and writes about them. But there's a similar sort of style of humor to this. Uh, he wrote the Men Who Stare at Goats, uh, uh, them travels with extremists. Um, okay. The book about being the he, he wrote a book about being canceled online before being canceled online was like a big thing, <laughs> which is nuts to read now, by the way. I bet. But I, and I like John Ronson a lot, but the Mayor Roach actually has, like, I've always wanted more substance from his work. So this really fills that niche for me of informative and interesting, like, not only stories, but time spent with curious people doing odd things, mm-hmm. but with a real heft to it. Like, there's actually, like, you know, there's a lot more. You feel the research, but you don't feel the research because it comes through, like, very breezy and very easy to read. You know, you never get bogged down in details. It's easy to follow. But again, yeah. it's very funny. Yeah. Like, every single footnote in this book is like its own little journey <laughs> it's either like it's either like one whole like could have been a whole other chapter of its own in a different book or it's just a really like pretty funny joke yeah <laughs> and i really appreciate that yeah it's, it's almost it's almost too funny sometimes because i'll like i'll be immersed in a passage and i'll see the footnote pop up and I, I i know if i click it i'm gonna get something that's gonna really 
really like delight me. <laughs> then by the time I get back to the, the main passage, I may have lost my way a little bit. That's <laughs> more of a reading comprehension issue on my part than a failure of Mary Roach's. I think um, for me about her books and, and, and this kind of book in general, I like... I think I struggled for a long time in enjoying reading. <laughs> like I, I was like a good reader as like a child, like when I was first reading, and then like I drifted away from it until like Harry Potter happened, and then I couldn't really get into anything else after Harry Potter. Like I read, you know, The Hunger Games, and but like I, I wasn't a reader, you know. Like I wasn't, I didn't always have a book I was reading, you know. And I think as an adult, it took me a long, like after college, when I wasn't being forced to read things. It took me a long, because I didn't read anything in college that I wasn't, like, didn't have to read for class, you know? <laughs> um, to be fair, that's college. Yeah. You're having to read so much. Yeah. Uh, even even if you're not a good student like me, you're still reading a whole lot. Yeah. And, like, I had a class where, like, literally we were reading, like, a book a week. It was disgusting. Um, <laughs> that's too many books. Too many books. Um, I, I like books. I like books. Yeah. But that... Too many, too books. many books, and I think it just took me a long time after like to become an adult and figure out like what kind of books I enjoyed reading, um, and like that were like appropriate adult books, which is a whole other issue, you know. <laughs> like I can be an adult and still like young adult books, that's fine. Like I can also, I'm realizing, enjoy a romance novel. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The only problem is if you're if you base your entire personality around liking young adult fiction, which I don't. Uh, Right. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's more of a, well, it's a broader issue of like anytime you base your entire personality around, Anything? around any kind of like media you consume, yeah. it's not a good thing. So but, I think like yeah. these kind of books were the first sort of things that made me want to keep reading and like keep consuming that content that were like considered, you know, appropriate adult books. And I was like, oh, I don't have to, I can read books about things that are interesting, that are funny. Like, and I think the other thing about Mary Roach's writing is that like, she's a great writer, but like, I don't have people telling me she's a great writer and me not understanding her. Like, she's a great writer that you can understand. And like, she wants you to, because I feel like, you know, when you're in college and when you're in an academic setting, you're getting told that all these people are great writers. And I'm just like, why, why are they a great writer? I have no idea what's fucking happening in this book. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's also a, like, I have accepted that I comprehend the text much better auditorially. So I listen to audiobooks for the most part now because I will get much more out of that than I will physically reading a book, which no one ever believes me, but it's true. <laughs> um, I believe you. Thank you. Um, and I've just accepted that and I call that reading and that's just going to have to be okay for people. No, no one who you should take seriously is going to question whether or not you're actually getting anything out of a book by listening to it rather yeah. than, like, scanning your eyes across the page. Yeah. There's, I mean, that's, like, I, that, that's, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to say it's ableist. It's a little bit. It is ableist, though. Like, <laughs> really, though, if anyone's actually saying yeah. that, that is, like, because some people just can't do that for various reasons. Not even people who have, like, yeah. like vision impairment, even. Yeah. People with, like, physical ailments. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, to a certain extent, if you have, like, a back problem, reading a book, like, physical book might be difficult. Yeah, and it is. <laughs> are these, wait, are, are these real people, though? I don't want to, like, rage against people who don't actually exist. Are there people who actually, like, think that... Not in my current life, no. Oh, but in your past life? But I think there are people out there who would argue. <laughs> I'd love to know what your past life is. <laughs> like, your, your trip through the seedy underbelly of, like, art grad school in New York City. <laughs> um... Yeah, so, and, like, me, uh, I think I really credit Mary Roach with sort of 
making me realize what I enjoy doing as an adult. Like, and it, like, this is like a me, like, growing and going to therapy and, and <laughs> figuring out myself at, you know, age 28 and yeah. now almost 30, like, and realizing, oh, you can just do stuff because you like it. Oh, yeah. Listen, I want to make one thing clear. If there's yeah. one message to be taken from this podcast, <laughs> go to therapy. Go to therapy. Seriously, that's our one message. I don't care who you are. If you are hearing this podcast right now, you probably should go to therapy. You should at least probably once go to therapy life. at least once. Go once. And if you don't feel like you get anything out of it, like, okay, whatever. But like. No, if you go once. And if you feel like you don't get anything out of it, find a different therapist. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got the bad brain. <laughs> we all got it. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah, so a lot of this is just like me, you know, coming of age at, I think our whole generation is coming of age at a much later date than yeah. than uh, the generations before us and me figuring out they're like, oh, I can just do stuff because I like it. I can just read stuff because I want to. No one's going to shame me for only reading 10 books a year or whatever. Like... <laughs> There's, there's no one that's going to care. I can take this lesson or not go to the gym or eat this thing for dinner. Um, which, like, sounds dumb, but, like, realizing that is, like, one of the biggest achievements of my adult life. That can be a very difficult thing. Right? Yeah. That, like, I'm only beholden to myself. It's true. So... I credit Mary Roach with um, the literary part of that. So if I, if I may sum up what the sort of like the, the, the like the broader life-changing thing you're trying to get across, yeah. you might say that Mary Roach makes reading fundamental. Yeah. Good night, folks. We're going now. <laughs> That's a wrap on Mary Roach. That's a wrap. It's a series wrap. Anyway, so... I just, yeah, wanted to know what you thought about this, and I think we've kind of, you you liked it. I liked a lot. it. One thing I really enjoy about it is that you warned me it would be gross. Yeah. Mary wrote herself in the intro, was like, listen, I'm not trying to be gross here, but. It's going to be gross. It might be a little bit gross. <laughs> she structures the book very well that sort of like begins in maybe the least objectionable place. Yeah, it, it's a slow, slow fade into the grossness. Yes. It begins with a chapter about how the nose like works to like affect the way you taste things and mm-hmm. like, you know. And taste in general. Yes. Like. And it moves on, like, through, you know, oh, here's why things taste good to us. Uh, Touched on Fletcherism. Yeah. And, like, the things around that. Yeah. Uh, until, finally, by the last chapter, we are discussing the uh, the fecal transplant. Yes. Which is, you know, we don't have to get into it here. We don't. Uh, I don't, I don't but wanna, it's what you think it is. It's what, it's what you think <laughs> it is. Yeah. And honestly. And it's helped a lot of people. It's helped a lot of people. <laughs> That's, like, one of, the, one of the final, like, points of this book she's making is is the fecal transplant needs to be accepted by the wider medical community. Yeah, and, and insurance, insurance companies, companies specifically, yeah. yeah. Um, because it helps people with C. diff. Um, like, it cures them. <laughs> yeah. It, it cures an ailment. Then this is one of those things that, like, she sort of doesn't, you know, put this in the way that I, a, a non-science writer, would put it. Yeah. But this is one of those things where, like, 100 years from now, if there are people 100 years from now, yeah. which is a big F, the people will look back and see, like, oh, they used to not do fecal transplants yeah because <laughs> because we really are just like be- just beginning to like understand like how our bacteria affects us mm-hmm. like it's really a, that's a pretty new um field and i mean this book is six years old and yeah. i'm obviously clueless about science anyway yeah but it's a relatively new field of like you know the idea of bacteria inside our body and like well i mean it's they, they someone even mentioned at one point in the book that like it's like well there's more bacteria than there are like cells of the human body yeah. So who is like, is your is your, your bacteria like you or do you are belong you, to your bacteria? You belong to bacteria. <laughs> it's a wild question. Yeah, and I think there's like 
one of the things I, I like about this book is there's, you know, she's very no nonsense about the gross stuff yeah. in a fun way. Yeah. Um, she doesn't linger on it, though. She doesn't linger on it. Because the, the only thing I really had trouble with was the chapter about spit. Really? And they do, yeah, because I have a, I have a, you have a spit thing. I have a spit thing. Yeah. I don't. I don't <laughs> I, it's, it's a real issue for me. And she talks about, like, you know, like, how weird is it that with spit is like, we have so much in our mouths, but yeah. as soon as it leaves our mouth, we do, we're disgusted by it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, Mary. <laughs> but I, don't I am. Know. But I am. Um, sorry, what were you saying? Um, I think, like, um, I think that that specifically is kind of one of the really interesting things about this book is that, like, we're talking about things that everyone does, that everyone has, that everyone, you know, can relate to in some way. Um, I, I also really enjoy the chapter on flatulence. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and I, and, but we're, it's so taboo to be talked about that it is preventing us from helping people. Right. And that's, that's such an interesting thing to me is that like, they're trying to find a way to make these fecal transplants into like a pill that you can, that's not, you know, gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if they can do that, maybe they can get it, you know, as an approved procedure or whatever. Um, they're trying to make everything less gross, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and because we have this taboo of it being so gross, it's like, it's preventing us from actually like helping people. Yeah, and we could we could push through the grossness to a place where we would have even like you wouldn't even have to deal with like the thing that bothers people. Yeah. Because we can't get through that first barrier of like ew poop. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. No. Yeah. I guess I guess to be fair, the idea of like having someone else's feces like put into, into your into, body, into your colon is I get why that's a little difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of an idea that you gotta get your head around. Yeah. It takes a little time. Yeah. But um, for someone with C diff, like it's not that bad. No, it, it, like it like, can make it, it can heal people's like like yeah. instantly. Instantly, like pretty much. someone else's bacteria in your colon can like change your like change your life. Yeah. Like if you're crippled with like diarrhea that like makes it impossible for you to hold down a job. Yeah. And all of a sudden you can like leave like leave the bathroom. <laughs> Do we have warning on this podcast about excessive poop talk? Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe drop that up front. <laughs> uh, but I mean that sort of is like I mean there's a lot of other stuff in this, this book we could talk about. Yeah. I will I wanted of... to go back to sort of the structure of the book. Yes. And how she sort of leads into it. I also think that the sort of middle ground from the beginning and the end is when she's talking about um the guy with the uh the open like fistula in his stomach alex st martin yeah and mm-hmm. then william beaumont the doctor yeah the, yeah. um because that's like it's gross but it's not as gross as the stuff at the end right <laughs> like he has an open wound in his stomach that people are sticking things in yeah which, which is crazy which to her credit she does not dwell on for too long no i mean there is a whole episode of the dollop about this guy and like it's really <laughs> there's also a whole episode of Sutherland's about it mm, interesting <laughs> and very interesting it's um yeah and but it's really like there are so many historical misconceptions about like digestion mm-hmm. and how it works and so many that we still hold to this day and this that like stuff about stomach acid and how it's not true yeah. and yeah and the idea of um yeah I'd also like to talk about maybe the more profound impact this book had on me sure sure which is that it is a really you know not only is it an investigation of like sort of the, the as more esoteric side of this particular kind of medical work. Mm-hmm. But it's also uh, just a, an in-depth exploration of how the human body digests food and, like, the how complex that process is. Yeah. And obviously anyone who, again, was more, like, medically or scientifically literate than, than me would be aware of this already. But if you take a close look at any part of the human body, I feel like, you're going to see just how incredibly complex it is. The human body is insane. It's insanely complex. And when you think about, like how complex it is and how 
rare life is in the universe and like how because the window for like you know life existing is unimaginably small because as far as we know it's only happened on this scale once ever yeah that's maybe that's maybe not totally true but as far as we can tell that's maybe the case and we think about the conditions that had to be met and had to happen in the exact right order to develop the human body it truly is astounding like and every human life is truly in a sense like miraculous (laughs) that this could actually happen when you think about it still changing and and working and and perfecting and and as we as the universe around us changes like we also evolve evolution is real (laughs) evolution is real evolution is very real and it's it's you know i don't want to win we don't need to maybe try to solve this issue because we're not going to no but it seems also like it may have just happened randomly possibly and and you whether you believe that or not it definitely did happen there's a lot of circumstances that Um, had to align yeah and it's really like it really i had a moment today where i was like wow we're gonna i'm gonna die one day my human body that exists maybe just in a a, like a one in a hundred trillion chance (laughs) is only here for a very short amount of time through some insane like confluence of events but i'm but it happened and i'm here and i am alive now you did warn me you were gonna get deep. <laughs> I did, but the thing is, I felt great. I was like, "Wow, it really is like it's scary to think about death." We all, mm-hmm. like all human beings are scared of that in some level. Yeah. But it is true that we are all alive right now. You should read stiffness. Which means <laughs> that's what I thought. I was like, "Well, I, now, now I had that exact same thought." So I was like, "Well, now I need to go to the next step." Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need to take this to the, like the next its logical conclusion. <laughs> and truly, like it really, you, we have such a, I don't know, and we have such an enormous responsibility to each other to like try to make the life we are living okay at least and it really like that really those are all things i already believe but it really struck me with renewed clarity today because of gulp (laughs) thank you mary rose because of how much has to happen for you to digest food (laughs) and also like this book has a lot to poop guys that's because you've got some (laughs) examples of people who just can't poop it's so upsetting like what's it called like when your colon is colossal uh uh, megacolon i mean or or like uh, there's a name of the disease that elvis had also, I didn't know Elvis had this disease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Elvis, Elvis had a megacolon, yeah, guys. That's why he died. That's why he died. Um, man, that's rough. Yeah. And you think about that. First of all, it like really brings new like urgency to the idea of, well, at least you got your health. At least you can poop. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many ways things would be so much worse. Right? And I, and I say that being very like lucky and privileged that my body is as kind of weird as it is, for the most part, very functional. Yeah. Um, same but the fact that it functions at all for anyone to any degree is in its own way amazing yeah and it really it, this book honestly i think may have given me a renewed appreciation for life <laughs> i'm very happy for you thanks man I i'm not gonna I'm, I'm probably not gonna change my life or anything no but like you know sometimes you just feel better yeah it just feels good yeah maybe uh, maybe i'll just yeah. appreciate things a little bit more honestly i think the first time i read this book the mega colon stuff was the thing that like i was like wait what <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> Do you want to speak on why that hit you so hard? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. I was a very constipated child. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> um, but you were, you, were, you were scared of, like, like somewhat shook, shook. I was shook. By the idea that, like, a colon could, like. Like, the idea that not poop- pooping could kill you. Yeah. It's scary. And talk about this one guy's colon took up his body that was, like, 
you know, like what, 90 inches wide or whatever? Or something, yeah, it something was like nuts. huge. They took it out and it was like as big around as, as Mary Roach's waist. Yes. <laughs> it was like, it was, his colon was like so inflamed. It was like, he, he, he it was hard for him to breathe. Yeah. It was taking up that much space in his body. It was pushing his ribs out oh, to the God. sides. It's gross. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going to need to put a warning on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, a retroactive warning. Retroactive warning. You shouldn't have listened. Yeah, so that was, like, the thing that, like, got me most the first time. Um, but I think, um, the like, I love marriage books because I can read them multiple times and still, like, find new new and interesting things because there's so much covered. It's really amazing because as fun as it is and, again, as, like, easy to read as it is, yeah. there's a lot to... There's a lot there. There's a lot to digest. <laughs> um, sorry, folks. I didn't mean for that to happen, but... It was good, though. When you walk into it, you, you know... You gotta go for Sometimes it. Sometimes you just gotta walk, see where you've walked into, and just take a nice long look around. Yep. <laughs> um, Truly, though, it's a really well written book. It is. And again, there's like, there's so much of things I just want to go back and like memorize from the footnotes. Um, it's interesting because uh, I think Stiff is um, a very good book, and you should read it. Mm-hmm. Um, Stiff made me want to donate my body to science <laughs> <laughs> when I die. You're, oh, yeah, when you die. Yeah. Not not now. <laughs> not now. Not currently. <laughs> Not unless they're going to pay me a lot of money. Um, <laughs> um, and, or like, you know, other things that, uh, um, I, I think it's just, that's just a really, really interesting book. But all of her books are really great. We read um, Bonk for Book Club, which is the one about the science of sex, which is also very interesting. And there's a lot of sort of historical um, asides there, too. Um, uh is there anything else I want to say about this book? What's the other book of hers I read? Spook, which is about the afterlife or the assumed afterlife. <laughs> so I need to read Stiff and then Stiff. Spook. Yeah. <laughs> to complete, complete my journey. Complete your journey. <laughs> yeah. Bonk probably should have been before this one. The, the creation of life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is about the, the maintenance of life. Yes. Um, was there anything else you wanted to say? One thing I wanted to um, note is there's a very, you know, maybe one of the most conventionally entertaining chapters is the one about uh, the elementary canal as criminal accomplice, which is about basically um, smoking things in your butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, which, first of all, if you were anything like me, if your political inclinations lean this way at all, you will once again be reminded of, man, prison is really dehumanizing. Yeah. And we probably shouldn't do it. Yeah. Not sure what the answer to that, that sort of quandary is, but man, prison is seems bad. Seems like a thing people shouldn't do to each other. The industrial prison complex is bad. Yes, it needs to be dismantled. Um, that's our position on this podcast. Yeah, that's that is, that is our position. <laughs> and it's just, I guess I didn't really have anything to say about that except that it's just. We it's, know at least one listener disagrees with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh, he must be so mad right now. Um. Yeah, I mean, we really we could sit here all day and I just like read you through my, the notes I took while I was reading this on my Kindle, um, but that I don't think that I don't, I don't think would be very. When did you have anything else you wanted to say about the smuggling thing? Not really. Okay. Just it was interesting. Yeah, and it's like it's conventionally entertaining because it's about like crime stuff and yeah. crime stuff is like just a fascinating narrative that happens in human life and also in fiction. Um, there's a <laughs> there's a lot of talk about the process of like how you have to train yourself to smuggle stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's one thing where there's one anecdote where they talk about this woman who had like. 80 bags of cocaine like inside her body and like 
It was. She was held at, at customs for. And she'd refused to go to the bathroom. She was there for like two days. Yeah. No, someone else was there for like two weeks. That's I don't, think he, I don't think he had as much in him, in him, but. Man, people will do some stuff, huh? For drugs and money, yeah. Yeah. Whew. For the money and the power. <laughs> yeah, so those are really all my thoughts. It's a, it's a uh, you know I wish I had more in depth to say, but again, I, I, if I was maybe more conversant in the world of uh, of science and and medics and, and medical history, but I, speaking from a a, a a lay person's point of view, yeah, this book's great. Question, query, pitch time. Um, <laughs> I love to hear this. If you could write a book like this, what would you want the topic to be? Or if you could commission a book like this um, by Mary Roach, <laughs> ooh, yeah, either. Interesting, interesting, interesting. <laughs> um, Let's see, she's covered so much already. She's covered mm-hmm. sex, death, um, war. Oh, I have to think about it. Do you have an answer for this? I think I would like something on the the pre-elementary canal. Like, I would like something on the history of, like, food and, and eating and cooking and, and that sort of thing. Um, and the cultural therein. Um but I don't know how sciencey that is. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say my answer is something on the history of sports. Ooh yeah. I feel like in the same way she just did the history of like war and like yeah. the soldiers like experience, right? That's what Grunt is. Yeah. Isn't it? The the science of war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The science of sports or just like the history of sports in that yeah. kind of point of view, I think would be fascinating. That'd be great. That's like a you know, that, that is at the very basic level a sociological yeah. Ex- 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 Exploration, issue. yeah. Yeah, and there's also some, some physics in there too. You mm-hmm. could do something with it. Yeah, no, I think it'd be good. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's one thing that I haven't brought up yet that we need to discuss. Okay. And that is her, the names of her books. Yes. We, I, Mary, Mary. Mary. Well, let's, Mary. Let's, let's lay a little groundwork for the people, for the folks at home. Mary, I love you. We love your writing. We love your work. We have one issue. So, <laughs> 2003, Mary, I hope you're listening. You, as you know, Mary. Yes. You, have, you wrote the book Stiff. Two years later, Spook. Three years after that, Bonk. A few years later, Gulp. After that, grunt. In between, you wrote a book. In between, in between bonk and gulp. And gulp. Now you, you may notice, Mary, and you sure and surely have because you wrote these books. <laughs> those are all one-word titles. Yes. Sort of one-syllable sort of, titles. Even one-syllable titles. They sort of capture like the more you showed me a lightly humorous touch yes. in the titles. Even yes. Uh, but then in 2010, you wrote a little book about space and space travel, and what'd you call it? Packing for Mars. Why, Mary? Why? It's four syllables. It's too many syllables. It's three too many syllables. Mary. I don't get why she would do this. What would, what what should it be called? Let's rename this What's book. What's it about? Because I have not read it, obviously. It's about the science of space travel, I believe. I have also not read it. I don't it. know. Zoom something. <laughs> um, space. Surely there was something else. So there's something. Jesus Christ, Mary. Why would you do this to us? Why would you do this to us? Of life in the void. The Curious Science of Life in the Void. Because all of her books are like The Curious Science of Something. Yes. Um, God, why would you... You were... You were three in yeah. on the on the one-word title. Yeah, it's all it's about space travel and, and going to space and, and how you are in space. She went, she Float? Went, she went... She, yeah, sure. <laughs> Float sounds fine, actually. <laughs> then she went back to gulp to one syllables after that. And grunt. Or like... 
Granted, she did read. The, she did publish a book called My Planet, but that's I think is a collection of her of her articles um, from Reader's Digest. Yeah, which is called My, My Planet. Planet. Yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that's that. That's fine. That's not in the series. It's not part of the canon. <laughs> it's not part of the, the canon. The works you to follow a structure. I cannot. Believe. And you had a structure, and then you went back to the structure. <sighs> Can we get a re-release in like a few years where it's like they redo the. Like how they read like how the movie launch uh, launch it's launch. right there. there it is. <laughs> so the same way the movie Egypt Tomorrow was rebranded Live Die Repeat basically when it was re- <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? No. The Tom Cruise um, Emily Blunt sci-fi movie Egypt Tomorrow where he's like in a Groundhog Day loop. Oh. He's fighting these aliens and he keeps reliving the same day over and over again. It was rebranded. It was rebranded because people hated the title. I don't think it was that bad of a title, but they rebranded. The tagline was "Live, Die, Repeat." They just made that the title. And, and, of the and movie? for the for like for the home release, it's basically like the the words "Edge of Tomorrow" are somewhere on the box. You can <laughs> you can find them somewhere. Yeah. But it's basically called "Live, Die, Repeat." Yeah. Now. And um, I I hope we can get that for for launch. Yeah. <laughs> Mary, I know you're listening. I know you're listening. Please consider this. We love it's you. It's just so upsetting. We only want the best for We only want the best for you. I want to read that book, but it's yeah. just going to frustrate me so that, much. <laughs> to see it sitting up there at the top of your uh your my, your, your audio book. My reader. audible cue. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But that said, I have read um Stiff and Spook and Bonk as well, and they are all very good. And I want to read the other two, um, and I probably will at some point. Yeah. Uh, well, but Kelsey, I'm glad you enjoyed this. Yeah, thanks for sharing this with me. I really liked it. it it's given me a new outlook on, on life and the fragility of it. So I feel like I didn't ruin your life. No, exactly. I, I made it better. Well, Kelsey, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but the title of our podcast it, is, is somewhat ironic. It's a little facetious. Slightly, yes, slightly ironic. Yeah, yeah. lightly mm-hmm. facetious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am aware. Okay, good. I, I'd be worried I, if you. I, I'd be worried if you'd actually been trying to like harm me <laughs> for the past three years three years folks wow three years in september we're coming up on it coming up on it you know what we should do for our anniversary what is revisit episode zero we should revisit episode zero well it's a tease for you all folks that's a tease the unreleased episode zero we're gonna we, i think we should probably redo it yeah no totally I'll, I'll give you this hint we're gonna be watching the greatest film of all time to jason <laughs> I said what I said. I said what I said. You said what you said. I said what I said. I mean, I have been known to agree with your takes occasionally. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that one, but I honestly think my take on this has gotten stronger. It's only gotten stronger. It's only gotten I've only stronger. become more obnoxious in my opinions. So there's a tease. Wait till <laughs> September. It's coming, folks. Special thanks. Dania Bowd of the Weeping Willards for use of their song Outside in the Rain from their self-titled album available on Bandcamp. And special thanks to Carly Sussman who designed our logo. You can find her work at carly-rose.com Special no thanks to the haters and losers. No thanks to you. I mean actually thank you. Actually let me take that, let me take that again. Let me take that again. Special thanks to the haters. To the haters. Keep hating. Keep hating. Ooh the hate feels so good. Ooh. But also, if you don't hate us, yeah. If you don't hate us, and you want to leave a review, yeah, on our iTunes page, that'd or be just great. A five, give us a five star. You know, follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, uh, listen to Andrew Ninja Warrior. Yes, it's on. It's on a monthly schedule this year. Mm-hmm. It's still very good, though. It's still very fun. It's 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 the newest episode is is out. It's, it's it was delayed for a little while. Yeah, but it's for, out now for reasons outside of anyone's control. It's, but true. it's out now, mm-hmm. and you should listen to it. It's still it remains a, a charming and fun look at two friends just. 
trying to do something. Just trying to do something. <laughs> trying to do something. Can they do it? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but we love them. <laughs> Folks, don't we love them? We love them. But yeah, so follow us, follow them. And keep watching the skies. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> I'm definitely keep just keep watching the skies in there. We should like already start thinking we're gonna have a podcast. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up. Only I can mention me They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up Can't let them get to me And even though I always fuck my life up Only I can mention me Only I can mention me Only I can mention me As we all know from that from that famous exchange where 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 Dr. John Watson asked his companion Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock, what what is the process by which and then what is the name for the um, system of organs that that consumes and processes food in the in the the body? Alimentary. Yeah. My dear Watson. My dear Watson. <laughs> he has to say my dear Watson or you Didn't don't you get- say that Watson asked Sherlock that? <laughs> yeah. So Watson asked Sherlock, what is the oh, thing? Oh, right, yes. And Sherlock's answer is alimentary, my dear uh, Watson. Sorry, I messed up the joke. My bad. You ruined my great joke. I... My perfect, original, and very funny joke <laughs> ruined once again. I'm sorry. The joke ruiner is logged on, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You gotta prep me for this <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's not an improv podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Kelsey. It's okay. <laughs>